And she immediately called me crying and said, I am so worried about you and I'm not there to help you. And when I heard the emotion in her voice, I started to really be introspective of how much have I missed? How much have I destroyed? And am I ever going to be able to become my real self because I'd been covering myself up with layers and layers and layers of alcohol abuse. You're listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast where experts share experiences and the latest thinking on mental health and psychology. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Gabe Howard. And calling into the show today, we have Dave Coulier. Dave is an actor, stand-up comedian, impressionist, and television host. He is best known for playing Joey Gladstone on the ABC sitcom Full House. He is currently starring in Live Plus Local, available now on Pure Flix Streaming. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gabe. It's nice to be here talking with you. Well, it is nice to have you here. I, I want to jump right into the topic because back in March on social media, you shared a, a bloodied picture of yourself on on Instagram. I'm, I'm sure you you remember the picture and, and 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 you had a caption and your caption was, I was drunk, yes, an alcoholic. And you you go on to share that you've been sober since January of 2020, over two years. So my my question is, why a picture of yourself beat up to promote something as as literally triumphant and as awesome as over two years of sobriety. Well, I think it's not only a stark reminder to myself about being honest with my life and people I love and care about. You know, I I talked to my wife, Melissa, about it, who's my biggest supporter. And I said, I'm going to post this. And she said, well, just get ready. And I said, for what? And she said, there's going to be a lot of people talking about this. And I said, no, I said, probably just a handful of people will will get it and say, hey, congratulations, or I'm going through my own thing. Well, the outpouring was exactly what she said. She said, get ready. And and I wasn't quite ready for the response, which was overflowing with support, familiarity, similar stories. And my whole objective, Gabe, for doing that was if I can post my story and be vulnerable maybe it can help just one person. And that was really as simple a thought as it was for the impetus of doing it. We always love to talk about active addiction, active mental illness, active crisis. And then we love to talk about triumph. I did it. And your picture and your words, they they kind of straddled both lines. The The picture was very, very much active addiction, but the words were very much triumph. So I, I can see where people in the mental health community and just people in general kind of responded to it. See, I never equated alcohol with having a problem. It's just because I was a child of the 60s. I always equated alcohol with, wow, the parents are having such a great time. And I grew up here in Detroit, and after hockey games when I was a little kid, we would go out for pizza with all the the other parents. And I remember the parents drinking beer, and they would pour us a little beer in our Dixie cup or our Solo cup. And, And we thought, wow, we're just as cool as the parents. That was a much different time in American society than it is now. The effects of alcohol weren't really discussed the 
awareness of mental illness was not there. Mental health wasn't anywhere in the vernacular. So it was a much different time. And so I never equated alcohol with being a really bad thing. I, I just thought, well, it's okay to be the life of the party. Many comedians, and I, I mean, it, it, it's almost a, a trope. And in, in fact, it's a stereotype that comedians, you know, alcohol makes us funny and it, it's just, it's everywhere. I, I think I read a book on how to become a stand-up comedian and, and the very first chapter was learn to drink. It, it's <laughs> it's literally everywhere. Now, I, I'm not a famous stand-up comedian. I've never worked as a stand-up comedian. I, I bombed miserably, Dave. It was, it was horrible. I, I read the books. I tried it. I crashed. But I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to your story and with... With alcohol so infused into stand-up comedy, were you worried about this? Did you feel that it would take away something that made you special or a core part of who you are? Well, it was internal turmoil, and it was a lot of questions, and it was a lot of come-to-reckoning moments where I thought, okay, because after that picture, Gabe, it took me another year to get sober. And that's when all of the questions, the introspection, the raw emotion of, wow, as you said, I'm a professional comedian and and all of the things that I am, is that all going to stop? It was a real challenge for me from a health perspective, from a relationship perspective, not just with my wife, but with everybody and with my job and my occupation and audiences. So for me, there were a lot of there were a lot of mental plates spinning in the air, and I had to address each of those to finally be able to peel away all those layers to get to myself. And when I got to myself, I realized, wow, you've been missing a lot. Let's talk about that year that it took you to get sober. One of the big, big quotes in recovery is relapses recovery. It's, it's normal to try, fail, and then just get back on the horse and try again. Did you have a lot of starts and stops? What led you there? What was, uh, what was your process that worked for you? My process was let's keep moving forward and not beat myself up because I realized I had been beating myself up with alcohol my entire life. And whether I you know, wanted to or not, being sober was really the only direction for me because I was going to kill myself. Something was going to happen. It was going to be the next fall. It was going to be doing something stupid. It was going to be, okay, I'm hungover and I'm behind the wheel of a car, or I didn't wait long enough between bottle and throttle uh, because I'm an airplane pilot. You know, so there were a lot of a lot of things, man, I, I, I had to check off a lot of boxes. You know, there were some really tough moments where I was sobbing and it was almost as if alcohol didn't want to let me go. <laughs> you know, and, and one of my things that I've said often is I loved booze, but it did not love me back. It was like, you know, I had fallen in love with this beautiful girl who really didn't care about me. And all I could see was the beautiful girl. I couldn't see that she had a horrible personality, that she was destructive, and that she was going to ruin my life. There were so many different things, but honesty, 
was really the word that I kept coming back to, which was just be honest with yourself and do not beat yourself up. Did you have good support from those around you? You've mentioned your your wife a, a couple of times, so I imagine that she was in your corner. Was she? Were other friends? Were people helping you with this, or did you internalize it and try to do it all by yourself? No, I had no help because all of my friends wanted to keep me drinking. <laughs> you know? That's not an uncommon story, though. You know, they wanted to keep me drinking. They wanted the party to continue. They wanted Funny Dave, who, you know, would launch into characters and do silly, sophomoric, immature things, which I still do, but I didn't realize. And so I had so many enablers. My wife was really the one that was kind of, she was the port in the storm. She just kept reminding me, look, you want to do this. So I'm going to remind you that you really want to do this. I went from not having a drink every day to, oh, I'll start drinking non-alcohol beer wine. It was awful. It was terrible. So I tried to make all of these steps. And then the operating system just changed to where I picked a date, which was January 1st of 2020. And I said, that's it. It's a really easy date to remember. It's a new year. I'm going to do this. When making big changes like that, one of the things that people do is they avoid situations that remind them of of their addiction or of their mental illness or of their toxicity or the, or their crisis, depending on you know what habit you're trying to break. And I know that many people in recovery from alcoholism, they're like, "Look, I just I can't go to the bar anymore." But let's talk practically for a moment. You're a stand-up comedian. You perform in comedy clubs, which you know, the stereotype kinds of holds they're, they're, they're smoky places filled with a lot of liquor. Is that difficult for you to walk into a room like that, knowing the per capita alcohol content per person? <laughs> well, yeah, Gabe, I had worked in smoky nightclubs when I was 18 years old is when I started doing standups. I couldn't take that out of the equation. And I thought, you know, when you see those people walking across coals, And, you know, it's mind over matter. I thought, you know what? I got to just keep walking across the coals. It's going to be just as hot when I turn back as if I move forward. So that was kind of the picture in my head was just one foot in front of the other. And you're going to be thrust into so many situations that are going to remind you of your life, of your former behavior. You have to just keep going and you can't see these detours along the way. You just have to really keep walking down a really healthy road. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. And then having to pretend that everything is okay, despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me. Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist. 
That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com slash IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. Hi there, I'm Faye McCray, Editor-in-Chief of Psych Central. Whether you're looking for free resources, quizzes, or thought-provoking personal perspectives, Psych Central has what you need to join you on your mental health journey. Psych Central's talented team of award-winning writers, editors, and medical professionals are passionate about creating a safe, inclusive, and trustworthy environment where you feel seen and heard. Visit us now at psychcentral.com. That's psychcentral.com. Hey everyone, my name is Rachel Star Withers and I live with schizophrenia. I'm also the host of Inside Schizophrenia, a podcast that dives deep into all things schizophrenia, featuring personal experiences and experts to help you better understand and navigate schizophrenia. Inside Schizophrenia is a Psych Central and Healthline Media podcast and we're available right now on your favorite podcast player. Check us out. And we're back with stand-up comedian Dave Coulier discussing his battle with alcoholism. Now, Dave, you may not know this, but you're a famous comedian. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Want to make sure that we establish that. And I love your social media. And I'm a fan of yours because your comedy speaks to me. It, It lines up with my own sense of humor. I love you joking about alcoholism. The the joke earlier, I loved booze, but it didn't love me back, right? That's a, that's a great one. But I know that from working in mental health advocacy and living with bipolar disorder and my own jokes about living with bipolar disorder and my own jokes about suicidality, not everybody likes the introduction of humor with addiction and mental illness and crisis. Have you had a a hard time striking the balance between joking about your own alcoholism and getting pushback from activists that are like, look, alcoholism is serious and this isn't something to joke about. And how have you balanced that? Well, Gabe, it is serious. And a year ago, I lost my brother, Dan, to mental illness and he took his own life. And I was the one who discovered him down in my dad's basement. I can never unsee that. I know firsthand how much mental health and mental illness are connected. And my brother goes through it. And I lost him because of his illness. And so I'll joke about myself and my own journey. But I won't joke about someone else's because I know how hard of a struggle it is for people every day of their lives. I mean, mental health isn't something you just turn on and off with a switch. It's something that is really, really real and difficult for people. Yeah, if there is a blowback by somebody saying, hey, Dave, you know, you should be, you know, more serious about it. Well, Sometimes laughter gets you through our toughest moments. And this past year, I lost my brother. I lost my other brother, Bob Saget. I lost some other really close friends of mine a couple of months after Bob. Sometimes I will make jokes about it. I will just say, well, apparently I'm in the death mood triangle right now. 
And, you know, that's a joke about me. And that's a joke about my struggles and, you know, my sobriety and my journey. But I, I certainly don't want to ever make fun of somebody else's journey because we're all on different paths. Dave, I, I'm so sorry about all of your loss. And I, I imagine that the, that amount of grief would just have to be overwhelming. Was there any struggle to your sobriety during those moments or were you able to navigate? I wanted to feel the raw emotion and I wanted to deal with it head on. And I didn't want to mask any of my feelings or thoughts. I just really wanted to feel human. And I realized that alcohol doesn't let me do that. It takes away all of those things who are me. And I don't want to give me away. You know, there's only so much of me left. (laughs) So I don't want to give it away. I had to really accept myself and my flaws and the things I'm not good at. And I keep going back to this word, but I, I didn't want to beat myself up in the process and say, you've been so bad neglecting either your job or friends or relationships. I didn't want to do that. I just thought this is a chance to move forward in a really positive way. That was really all I wanted to do. I wanted to keep it simple and just be positive. Do you feel positive today? I, I just ask because it's been well over two years and you're talking about your your struggles publicly and you're helping a lot of people and you're helping yourself and it sounds like things are really, really going well for you. But do you ever fall back? Do you ever worry? Just give us the scoop. What's your day-to-day life like now? Gabe, are there times when I have a spaghetti dinner with a steak and I think, wow, a really great Cabernet would taste great with this? Absolutely. Do I think about it? Absolutely. Do I think, wow, it's a nice hot day. Wouldn't a nice chilled Chardonnay on a boat be a wonderful thing? Absolutely. Yes, I get that part of it. But I had to kind of weigh what the positives and negatives were. Alcohol is that beautiful girl that's never going to age. She's always going to be beautiful. (laughs) So I just have to look at myself and find my inner beauty. I hope that makes sense. But those evils, if you want to call them that, those addictions, those temptations, those are never, ever going away. But I create those or I put those to rest. And so those are my decisions. I have to make that choice every day of today's a great day and I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to abuse myself. I'm not going to give myself away today to power of alcohol because it's a really powerful thing. And we lose a lot of people every year from it. A lot of times it's directly connected with mental illness. You know, that's a really, really big equation when you start thinking of of those terms. I try to understand it. I try to understand the effects of alcohol. And I try to give myself a break every day of, hey, you're just some guy. Yeah, you're funny and people know you. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just some schmo that used to like drinking a lot. And that is ingrained in me. I have to just appreciate myself and appreciate the fact that I've learned an awful lot about what choices I've made. 
some of them have been really bad. And alcohol was a suspect in just about every one of those scenarios. From the time that you got sober in January of 2020 to the time that you announced on on Instagram or, or spoke publicly about it, two years went by. It doesn't look like you talked about this publicly for two years. What changed? What made you stand up and say, okay, today's the day, now is the time, I want to be more open about this versus just keeping quiet? You know, Gabe, it was just peeling away layers. And there were a lot of layers. I didn't even know when I began this journey how many there were of how much covering up I had done. Alcohol for me was an everyday thing. It was, oh man, I'm hungover. I better have a drink. That'll make me feel better. Well, you think of that and it's like, how ridiculous is that? But anything was an excuse to have beers. And I'm a hockey player. And after hockey, let's go have a beer. We lost. Well, we better have a beer. We won. Hey, let's celebrate and have a beer. Let's go on the golf course and drink all day. You know, this is part of my DNA. As I said earlier, everybody's journey is different. And if I can share a slice of my journey with people and they see a little bit of themselves, then this has all been really, really good. Dave, thank you so much for your candor. Let's go ahead and transition to you being a comedian. You are most well known for playing Joey Gladstone on Full House. But of course, you do other things. You've got a new project coming out for Pure Flix streaming and the television show or streaming show is called Live Plus Local. Can you tell our listeners what the show is about? Well, it's about a radio host who's kind of a curmudgeon, which is a real departure for me as an actor. And he is at a small faith-based radio station. And he's been number one in this small little market forever. So he doesn't want to change anything. At the beginning of the series, they try to change him. When I say they, they bring in a young producer and they bring in a station manager. And they try to totally uproot my character, get him into social media and to take selfies and to do a blog. And he just doesn't want any of it. His thought is, look, I'm a dinosaur, not going to change. And we're Coca-Cola. Don't change the ingredients to something people love, right? The show kind of starts very slowly. So please give us a chance. But the first episode lays out a lot of what we call pipe, kind of sets the tone for the rest of the episodes. You know, when I read the script and I talked with Dan Merchant about it, who's the show creator and directed us, we just clicked. And I said, can I do this? And he said, yeah. And I said, can I do this? And he said, yeah. How about this? Yeah. He goes, Dave, I'm hiring you for you. So it's yes, whatever you want to do. And so when I heard that, I had real freedom, which is, you know, what every actor wants. It was a wonderful cast. It was a really great experience. And I can't wait to see what fans think. I think fans are going to love it. Dave, thank you so much for being here. Remember, listeners, you need to check out Live Plus Local on Pure Flix streaming. Also, if you haven't already, you should head over to Dave's website. It's davecoulier.com. Dave is like flapping his his arms and hands the whole time. And you like click a bunch of buttons and it's got his little beaver character. I, you know, and it's funny because we're about to change it. Um, oh, no, it, no. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to. This website has been there a long time, and it was very, very entertaining and very cutting edge for people for a long time. 
and it's part of this sober mental health journey that I'm on is I really want to work for me, which is I love being a boater. I love building things. I'm building a home. I went to general contractor school. I have a tractor. I, I love working outdoors. I love splitting logs and you know, working on the land. I, so I really want people to see more of that. And I think for a long time, I, I wasn't really ready to share with the public, certainly, who I really am and what I do on a daily basis. And it's time to kind of make that change instead of, hey, you know, Dave from comedy. It's like, hey, do you really want to know Dave? Take a peek inside here. I, I think that is awesome. I, I still have to give props to the current website, which by the time this airs might be the old website or could possibly be the new website. It's difficult to keep track of, but no matter what's there, I'm sure it will be awesome. And that, of course, is at DaveCoulier.com. Dave, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Gabe. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, you are very, very welcome. And to all of our listeners, thank you for being here as well. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations. I'm also an award-winning public speaker who could be available for your next event. The book is on Amazon because, well, everything is on Amazon. Or you can get a signed copy with free show swag or learn more about me by heading over to GabeHoward.com. Wherever you downloaded this episode, please follow or subscribe. It is absolutely free. And can you do me a favor? Share this episode. Share this podcast with everybody you know, whether it's on social media, email, text message, or good old-fashioned word of mouth. Sharing the show is how we grow. I will see everybody next Thursday on Inside Mental Health. You've been listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast from Healthline Media. Have a topic or guest suggestion? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.